0: Of course, I promised, but submitted by Renee.
1: Hello, beautiful Edie and Mr. Nick. I last wrote you an encounter. It was of a crazy boyfriend and, well, who cares about those? But I no longer know how to share privately. This may be of interest. This is of alternate dimensions. I have two, but I'll just share this one in utmost validity. When I was about eight, I was a troublemaker and my daddy's best friend. He worked in Air Force Intelligence during the Cold War. My dad was a boss. When I was a child, we were shot at twice. The second time he just said, Duck! We all did, my mother and I and him. We carried that bullet on our windshield from a red pickup in Illinois for almost a decade. He has since passed, but it's cool to have someone in the National Cemetery, right? Dad was a die-hard atheist. The one thing he believed in was aliens. He retired from the military when I was about eight. We moved to a quiet developing town in Virginia. Our neighborhood was on a border of a forest and a creek. The other side was a firefighter training facility, the local youth shelter, and juvie. When expanding the neighborhood, they had bulldozed a two-lane grass road between the neighborhood and the creek. One day, Dad and I decided to take a walk on this path just going straight. We came across this really strange abandoned farm. On one side was a long, Hedge row of tall Osage orange trees, which is uncharacteristic of them, and a white farmhouse. All across the clearing was a white shed. Immediately upon entering the space, we felt uncomfortable. We walked across the field. I approached the shed. I went to open the door, and all of a sudden my father said, Do not open that door. I looked at him bewildered. Then he said, Run, and then took off. I never in my life from that moment and since seen my father run from anything. Of course, in complete horror, I ran after him. When we got back to our cul-de-sac, he said, promise me you'll never try and go back there. Of course I promised. But, a couple of days later, I rounded up the neighborhood kids and said, hey, you guys, guess what? A few of us headed down that very obvious bulldozed path for much longer than my father and I did, but that place simply wasn't there. Didn't exist. No farm. No shed. I looked like a fool to all my elementary com- com comrades. Sorry. But two, it's something that I will never forget. Crazy. Happy Halloween, you beautiful ghouls.
0: Alright, thank you so much for submitting your story, Renee. This is the True Scary Stories with the Edie Podcast. The podcast where two stand-up comedians read the scary stories submitted to us by our fans, the Uglies. What's up, Uglies? Welcome to another week. And some of the stories we find on Reddit and different places. Uh, this week, I'm really excited about this episode and all of month's episodes because it is Spooky Halloween Month, which is definitely one of Nick and I's favorite holidays is Halloween.
1: Uh, (laughs) I think it's your favorite holiday.
0: Oh, okay. Well, we're getting into the spirit. Uh, Renee sent us her story on the Facebook group, and you can send us your spooky story uh, on the Facebook group, which is at True Scary Stories with Edie. Or you can do it on our Instagram, which is also at Edie. Even if you don't have a story, you can go on there and talk to the other uglies, exchange stories, look at scary memes. We have a lot of fun out there.
1: Um, Can I make a request, though? If you do send any stories on Instagram, send them in a message because it's easier for me to copy. When you send it in a comment, I have to type it out word for word. And uh, I can only do 15 words per minute.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, well, you'll never be a secretary that way.
1: Well, I never was supposed to be.
0: But anyways, thank you so much. Uh, about this story, so was it that she thought it was aliens, or was this just like a weird alternate uh, universe? It's an alternate dimension. Right, okay. Her,
1: her dad knew something about it.
0: I think that most uh, military people do believe in aliens, just because they have access to you know, other, so many other people who are flying in the sky that are out on ships that yeah. are seeing the world and being in, you know, not the big cities. So I feel like a lot of military people do believe in aliens. And I've also seen so many stories of pilots, um, you know, tracking uh, UFOs and yeah. them just disappearing or pilots flying over military pilots flying over the ocean and seeing yeah. alien ships disappear into the ocean, stuff like that. This um, sounds like not an alien. Unless we're talking about like some kind of wormhole kind of thing, like a, uh, like a, a kind of like a Stargate, I guess, where you would, uh, kind of jump from place to place. Uh, maybe like that kind of thing, you know, how spaceships like disappear. Yeah. And then they go into some kind of like wormhole or something and end up somewhere else, maybe something like that. But to me, this sounds like you got a rare glimpse at a, at a parallel universe. You, we have these stories all the time where people say, I went to this place And I had this weird interaction there. And then I tried to go back to it and it was never there. Yeah. Uh, And so it does seem like at certain times our dimension gets passed with a similar dimension. So everything seems kind of like right. Like, okay, there's this weird house here. Uh, But then you kind of feel like something's off because it's not supposed to be here. Yeah. And then it's gone because it goes back, you know, to where it's supposed to be. You just get a glimpse of what it is. Nick, what do you think?
1: I think you're right. He was in the Air Force Intelligence, so obviously he probably heard some stories, knew some info. Um, I think it's a, I mean, I believe in all of this. So it's interesting, though, that he knew, like, don't touch that. Let's run. Let's get away from here. Uh, Which leads me to believe that there was some story, some training, something he was told where he kind of had a feeling about what this was uh whether he was around something like this through his, his military career and was just like, whatever I'm feeling from this, I need to leave.
0: Well, we always say on this podcast that your instinct is what you need to believe. Yeah. Uh because sometimes you can't believe your eyes. So you need to believe your instinct. And especially a guy who, you know, is in the military and stuff like that, they they rely not only on their on their uh, mind but on their instinct and so i don't think yeah you have to have been in the situation before like to be like hey we got to get out of here like don't touch anything because maybe you got that sense like hey we're, this is not for us this is not supposed to be here this is not in our universe mm-hmm. you know and it's kind of like a, a wrinkle in time i mean not a wrinkle in time the butterfly effect where it's like if you touch something in this other in this uh other universe it might Ruin something mm-hmm. on this side, or there might be some okay. kind of attachment form, so I think it 's best I mean, who wants to touch anything? We all know from aladdin you 're not supposed to touch anything inside the cave, yeah, touch only the lamp
1: I think uh, wrinkle in time <laughs> would have been
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 I, well, I was thinking of wrinkle in time because of the uh, jumping maybe because of the jumping from uh, when I was thinking about the wormhole jumping from place to place. Oh
1: maybe the uh, lamp in Aladdin's story is a is kind of a it's uh, Stargate itself, and maybe that's it. Like, because you get three wishes to change your entire life. So it's kind of alien technology in a sense.
0: Well, we, we, we would have to channel Robert Williams to figure that one out, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, let's keep going. First time for everything. Submitted by Shahir
1: during my high school year one night my friends and i were messing around with a ouija board we had done it before nothing remarkable had ever happened we usually did it to try and scare each other or our girlfriends we all thought it was a joke this night there was no one else home except for the seven of us we're all sitting around the board one of the girls wanted to try it she said she had never done it before but this time was different the board misspelled some of the words the same way every time It gave answers that seemed really historically accurate for our town, things we neither knew or cared about. The spirit claimed it was a 10-year-old boy who had died on the property in the 1800s. He said he was buried there, too, in an unmarked grave. My friend's house was on a farm on the edge of town. We were all a little freaked out because the board had never been so detailed and consistent. However, we were still skeptical. We were all assuming one of us was trying to scare the rest, Finally, my friend asked if the spirit could do something to prove he was there with us. It went to yes and then spelled out knock. Then the planchet stopped moving. We just all stared at it silently. Then there was a rap, rap, rap on the window right next to us. The lights were on outside and there was absolutely no one out there. We never touched that board again.
0: Oh, man. Well, yeah, of course not. I always tell you guys, stop playing with these Ouija boards. If there's anything at the end of this podcast... That I want you guys to take away years from now when this podcast is over. What? Don't play with Ouija, Ouija boards. Oh, okay. right. I was pausing for dramatic effect.
1: Oh, I didn't know. Uh,
0: yeah, of course you didn't know because you wanted to jump in there and ruin, ruin the peaceful resistance. <laughs> I, Some
1: people say it's comedic timing. It's art. <laughs> it's
0: art I'm trying to do here. Um, but yeah, the, it, it's like I've said before with Ouija boards, it's basically like a whole bunch of things. It's basically like the unemployment line. There's just a bunch of people waiting to get in. And as soon as you let open the doors, we're all trying to get in, okay? It's, it's it, I mean, every time you do it, you're taking a huge risk that and most likely it is going to be something evil. So either you don't get anybody, and that's the good situation. You don't get anybody and you and your friends are messing around. The other more likely situation is you are going to get somebody and they're going to be a demon and lord knows what happens after that
1: and here's the thing guys all right say a hundred years from now this podcast still exists and someone's listening to it and you try to contact the spirit and it says don't play with the ouija board that's ed
0: right right and there you go you got a demon are you happy (laughs) now (laughs) Alright, it's October and we are going to get into today's topic, which is strange and unexplained. Yes. Classic. Good. This could It could encompass so many spooky things. Yes. I love it. Alright, this first story is called Our Reason to Drink and it comes from Noise Lover.
1: My girlfriend and I were visiting my sister who lived in a 200-year-old home in western Massachusetts that used to be a brothel. We're staying in her guest room, which recently had new carpet installed that was rather tall and stiff. This made it quite difficult to open and shut the door. I recall using my body weight to force it shut and needing to yank it open. As I'm trying to fall asleep, I hear something bump the door from the hallway. I assume this is my sister, her boyfriend, or their dog. A few minutes later, I hear something at the door again, but this time, the knob turns. I freeze. As I see the knob slowly turn and the door begin to open until I see a shape resembling the silhouette of a young girl. The only child in the house is an infant. I immediately roll over onto my side, close my eyes, and attempt to convince myself that what I saw was a silhouette of the dog. I don't mention this to my girlfriend or my sister because I don't want to alarm anyone. Fast forward a few months. My girlfriend and I are returning to Western Massachusetts to attend my sister's wedding and we will be staying in the same room. On the plane, my girlfriend says, I have something I feel I should tell you about your sister's house. I immediately know where she's going with this. As it turns out, she was awake when the door opened, but she got a better look than I. She describes seeing a girl of about five or six wearing a Victorian-style nightgown, open the door, and stare her in the eyes with a penetrating intensity before my girlfriend looked away. I tell her my story. We decide to make sure we drink enough to pass out every night so we won't be awake if we are visited.
0: Okay, well, that sounds like such a terrible idea. It's like, yeah, something's really scary is probably going to happen. Let's get wasted so it's way worse and we can't sleep afterwards. Yeah. Drinking makes sleeping worse. It actually interrupts your REM sleep sleep cycle, So, although it may be easier to fall asleep it is not easy to stay asleep or get rested. Yeah. Ask me how I know. Uh, (laughs) But it's not... that I got real chills when you said the girlfriend was awake and she saw the same ghost, but she saw it better. Yeah. Of course, because women do things better. But she saw... She actually saw the same ghost and... I just can't believe they both wouldn't tell each other (laughs) about that.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. But then it makes you realize why so many horror movies are true to how they exist and how many places are haunted and people do that. People are constantly like, I don't want to look crazy. Right. So I'm not going to mention it.
0: Right. And well, yeah, nobody wants to look crazy. That's that's definitely not something we want. I would say that they need to not get drunk because that's just going to make everything worse um i would say that what they need to do is first of all ask the owners what's if they see anything the sister yeah because obviously if you guys thought you were going to be crazy with each other the sister probably is thinking she's going to be crazy too and you guys can all kind of get together oh yeah on this idea and kind of maybe try to find out who this person is
1: yeah it'd be cool to find out if they did talk to the sister when they officially got there uh or
0: they just started drinking and then the sister was like wow these guys are crazy
1: Now, do you think it was a little girl that used to live there or, and I'm going to throw this at you, so you know how the uh, hat man is often accompanied by a little girl who is kind of a little girl spirit also walking around when he appears. And since this used to be, you know, a house of ill repute, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of uh, lost souls and and, uh, bad moments happened in this place Is this little girl... It's one of those spirits that hangs around these places.
0: Well, let's think about places of ill repute. Uh, men don't usually work at them. It's usually women, right, who are working oh, at okay. these places. Yeah, yeah. So, what do women have? What do they have? Children, mm-hmm. okay. especially ones that get down a lot. <laughs> okay. Especially the ill repute version. Uh, so, I would say this is a child who was brought there with her mother. As a hey, I don't have a babysitter, so my kid is just gonna run around uh, the other rooms while I do what I have to do. And because it was such a traumatic thing to be there as a child, not as a you know, not really understanding what your mom is doing there, I think that's why she's trapped there. I don't think she used to live there. I think with the history, the negativeness of that job the mother had to do, and the br- bringing the child along, I think that she's. Her energy stuck there.
1: And you think she was upset not at the idea of these people living there, just the fact that she saw a man laying with a woman and usually... Yeah,
0: maybe that was it. Or she's like, hey, you guys, quit drinking here. You know? Yeah. Like, and then they just got drunk there. And she's like, man, adults are crazy here. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. <laughs> Strange life of Jim. Written by Nick Finn.
1: Not me, but my stepfather's best friend Jim has supposedly been experiencing paranormal activity since he was a teenager. Jim's a court reporter. My stepdad was a speechwriter, both very skeptical and stoic guys. Yet, they had countless unexplained stories. One time, they got on an elevator full of people in downtown Atlanta. It stopped at a random floor that was all kinds of wrong. 1940s decor, abandoned, dusty. This wasn't even the weirdest moment of that elevator flight ride. When the doors finally closed, it continued down. But then it opened on the opposite side of the building. There's also a moment when Jim's dog died. He used to play his dog a particular song and the dog loved it. A week after the dog passed, his stereo turned on by itself. It started playing the song. No CD inside. It had snowed the night before, and there were paw prints in the backyard leading to the house, but none near the gate. Here's another weird moment of Jim's. He frequently finds giant piles of coins under his pillow. He was convinced it was some spirit that was leaving them. He moved to London for an unrelated reason, but figured that a bonus for the move would be escaping this spirit, which had begun to scratch him hard on his arms and legs. After six months, he found a little pile of pennies in his bed, even though he hadn't been carrying American coinage. I personally witnessed one strange event while Jim was around. I was walking down the stairs and felt something whip past my head. I heard it hit the wall. I looked down and saw a quarter dated 1948. I thought my sister was messing with me, but she was down at the lake with everyone else. Here's one that my stepdad, Jim, and two of their other college buddies all swore was true. When my dad and Jim were roommates in the 70s, they had a house with a screened-in back porch. Multiple times a year, they'd beat up late. They'd be up late and suddenly hear what sounded like a bridge club. Old ladies chatting and giggling, ice cubes tinkling and snifter glasses, cards being reshuffled, etc. Sometimes they'd go sit out on the porch, right in the middle of it, and the women carried on. In another anecdote, a roommate of theirs opened a closet and found a spinning vortex. He walked straight out of the house, left all his stuff behind, and never came back. They had to badger him repeatedly to find out what happened. could just been an LSD flashback, though. And that's the strange life surrounding Jim.
0: All right, thank you so much. And then he went and worked at a paper company, and everything (laughs) started getting better for him. He met a nice girl named Pam.
1: Oh, that's the only. Um.
0: Okay. Well. Yeah. That definitely sounds like that place is super haunted. it sounds like a, there's a lot of like happy memories there though like the bridge and the old ladies playing yeah uh, that sounds like a really cool ghost and and it is accompanied with a really loser coin collector ghost
1: and the dog
0: who keeps trying to impress this guy by <laughs> leaving him it like coin. rare coins and like, yeah well this is st- this is a stamp there's only 50 in the world <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like uh, maybe you just didn't realize his ghost is a dork because uh, <laughs> this coin is from it's a very very rarely circulated.
1: That's funny. He's like,
0: why doesn't he like my coins? <laughs> cool. What do you think?
1: Well, since back in the 70s, they lived in a house that uh, obviously had a uh, some spiritual significance to it where there was the little ladies playing bridge. You know, kind of like a, you're listening into an alternate time of that right. building. Uh, one of them swears he saw a vortex. Maybe back when they lived there and they experienced this vortex and the being able to listen to another time mm-hmm. maybe that's when jim accidentally like ignited this not so much spirit world that follows him but this energy that follows him that makes things appear or weird this 1940s floor in his old office building his dog plays a song this guy leaves coins from different dates like maybe that house with that vortex
0: yeah is most- what's
1: following jim
0: right the most amazing part of the story being that a dog had a favorite song. I've never heard of a dog having a favorite song. You see song. it on
1: TikTok all the time. No,
0: I hear dogs having a favorite noise, like squeaky noises and things like that. I guess if you made those into a song, that's a dog song.
1: Oh, I guess I see videos of dogs singing along songs all the time.
0: Oh, yeah, well, they match the tone, but they also do that with... Um, ambulances and stuff. Yeah. Those aren't songs. They don't sound good. The dogs just hear a certain note and they try to match the note cuz that's what they do in packs. I wonder what the is. When song one was. dog makes a the note, they all match the note.
1: Do you think the song was Jolene? Jolene, mm. Jolene, Jolene, <laughs>
0: Jolene. I I don't know and I, I maybe it was that Dog Man song. I remember the dog. Oh name. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I remember.
0: All right. Well, good luck with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Muted Colors. Written by Pearl Sweet.
1: I'm a nurse who works night shift with a mostly geriatric population. One night it was just me and my younger nursing assistant. She wanted to look something up on the computer so she was sitting beside me at the desk. Suddenly, I noticed a paper on the counter with colored lettering look dim. As in the color wasn't strong. Like there was a haze in the air. I looked across the room And there was a sign, it's still hanging there as of today, that said pressure points in red. And again, the colors were muted. It was like my eyes were losing the ability to see color. There was a general grayness filling the space, not like a shape. Just everything appeared muted and the colors were dim. I started to quietly freak out and worry that I had a brain tumor or multiple sclerosis. A multiple sclerosis symptom can be losing the ability to see color. I didn't say anything though because, well... I didn't want her to think I was crazy. Suddenly, Tara, the nursing assistant, looked up and out to the hallway and said, Do you notice that the hallway looks gray? I was immediately relieved because that meant I wasn't suffering some for some mysterious disorder because she saw the grayness too. We watched this grayness that seemed to saturate not only the hall, but our entire surroundings. It then seemed to begin to concentrate in the hallway and near the ceiling as we watched it slowly disappear. It moved to the left, and then just gone. Afterward, it was like someone turned on the lights and the colors were back to full saturation. Surprisingly, we didn't really freak out, but that's probably because as healthcare workers, we're just conditioned not to. To this day, I have zero explanation for what this was, and nothing like this has ever happened since then, nor have I ever heard of anyone experiencing something like this. I've heard people seeing colors or fog clouds and but this wasn't like that. This was like being inside of a fog that filled the entirety of our space. I have had other strange happenings, but nothing this odd. The fact that my nursing assistant saw it reinforces the experience. I had no plans to say anything about it because, like I said, I thought I was being anxious and a hypochondriac, but obviously I wasn't. I would love to hear if anyone else has had something like this happen to them.
0: I haven't had that ex- exact experience happen to me, but I would think that Working at a nursing home and working with the geriatric people, I bet you there's a lot of people coming and going spiritually. So I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again, but maybe either A, it's the people who have passed who are trying to f- figuring it out. And usually there's not near you. So you don't, you know, you can't tell, but it's like kind of like their aura around you like, Hey, what, what can you guys hear me? And then they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to heaven now when they figure it out. Right. Right. Or it's maybe whatever spirit comes and guides them to heaven coming and grabbing them. Because I'm sure you guys have people, like, the next day who passed away. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, was it oh. someone coming and leaving? Or was it someone coming to get somebody? Yeah. So that's, that that would be my thoughts. What about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say if there was anything, it, it's that. It's the fact that this is a uh, a ward with a lot of probably... You know, um, unexpected death. Expected, but unexpected, because nobody really thinks they're going to die. Uh, and maybe these spirits, whatever they saw with somebody who was there for quite a while, you know, just kind of like, hey, get out of my bed. And then eventually <laughs> was like, well, like, wait, whoa, they're not bringing me anything anymore. Right. Or I maybe, guess I'm gone. Or
0: maybe they weren't bringing him anything. He was trying to talk to him. He's like, OK, I'm going to pee.
1: All right. <laughs>
0: I'm peeing. Like, do you guys notice it got? Where's all the color? Everything's kind of like <laughs> yellowish. Where's all the Eww, different colors? It's
1: being in our face.
0: <laughs> all right, let's keep going. <laughs> Under San Francisco, submitted by Sauquelette.
1: Like all old cities, San Francisco has a large and extremely complex underground system and community. Growing up there, I thought I had seen it all. My high school was located downtown. Near there was an alley with an openable manhole that led to a dry area of the sewer that was no longer in use. We would wander around down there and often find homeless encampments. Never anything you wouldn't expect to find down there. Besides the dry sewer system, during the Japanese internment days, the Japanese had built a crazy underground tunnel system that spanned all the way from Soma through Chinatown. Over the course of the decades, many of these tunnels became fortified. In some cases, underground apartments were created. I'm sure at one time they were legal. Now they are now illegal dwellings, but still fully occupied. It was not uncommon to go into a business's basement and find a small underground staircase that led you to a network of strange but clearly maintained apartments. Onto the story. My boyfriend and I both worked at a bar on 6th and Market. One night, he grabbed two big flashlights and told me he had something to show me in the basement. First thing we found was that the staircase under the basement led to another staircase. It went up to the lobby of a motel. But there was a second staircase down there that led to some of those creepy underground apartments. Nothing majorly interesting. So when we found another staircase going deeper, we were already entirely underground. We had to check it out. That staircase took us down a long, narrow cement staircase into a huge, demoed room. The ceiling had to have been 20 to 30 feet high. For reference, I am quite short, 5 feet, so it may have seemed taller, but it was quite high. There was no railing on the staircase. There appeared to have at one time been a bathroom in this room as there were toilets, but otherwise just piles of rubbled cement. Off of this room was a whole network of dark rooms. Huge rooms. Several of the rooms had very high ceilings, some not so much. All of them were separated by weird steps, just like two or three, making the floor uneven. Each one of these rooms could have held hundreds of people. With our flashlights, we looked around. There were bare light bulbs in some of the rooms that operated, but there didn't appear to be anyone there. Then we found another small staircase that led down to what could only be described as a mezzanine. The ceiling was very low, and at this point, we are very deep underground. This is where things really start to get creepy. First of all, there were several gross old mattresses and mounds of hooker clothing, including six-inch clear heels, wigs, and other random just stuff in huge piles. There were some tables and chairs. Everything looked broken, though. We were musing amongst ourselves about what those huge rooms could have been used for. If they had been built during the intermittent... Were they built by the Japanese to hide from the government? Or were they built by the government to hold the Japanese? My boyfriend was getting really creeped out, but we were already so deep down there. There was no way we'd be able to outrun someone who knew the space better. It was too dark and too twisty turny. Then we found a very weird closet. It was almost like a tiny hall open at both ends, but was clearly designed to be a closet of some kind. There were shelves in the closet just big enough for someone to lie in, curled up, and high enough to not be able to get down. I shine my flashlight on them and say absentmindedly, Wow, this would be a great place to hide a victim. Just then, my boyfriend audibly gasps and says, I think we should go now. I look up and see him standing at the other open end of the closet. We're clearly now in some kind of ancient dried up sewer system. To our left was a massive antique sewer pipe with ornate brick and mortar mortar around the giant gaping opening. In front of us, where the pipe opened up to, appeared to be a level of building of some sort. It was just a huge depression between our platform and the platform across from us, almost like a subway system. The depression was full of rebar sticking out of the earth ominously. We shined our lights into the rebar thinking we might find a corpse in there. The expanse was deep enough that it would be very difficult to get out of there if you were to fall in. And it was so full of rebar it would have been very difficult to walk through. On the other side of the platform were three or four cells. They looked like old-timey jail cells from a Western movie. They were brick and mortar and arched, with arched entryways and big iron bars that pulled down from the ceiling. But they were all up. Inside the cells, you could see that there was a brick bench built into the wall in each one. And there was a bucket in one of them was across the depression full of rebar from us and the creepy closet was now behind us. The ceiling in this particular spot was surprisingly high. We were unfathomably deep underground now and that was just now sinking in. There was no quick and easy way to get out of here. But the weirdest, creepiest thing of all was that there was a single red light bulb hanging from the ceiling in the center of the rebar in a long wire and it was on. We had noticed the red light right away. The fact that it bathed this whole bizarre sewer jail construction scene in red light made everything that much more dramatic. But it didn't occur to us that if the lights were on, someone was likely home. Home! I mean, this light bulb had to have been painstakingly placed in this spot. I have no idea how it was mounted in the center of the ceiling 30 feet above the rebar in a brick and mortar. Whoever did so had the presence of mind to want a red light bulb and to source the materials in order to get it up there. It's possible that it was there by the city, I suppose, so that there would be a light at the end of the tunnel, but it just looked too occupied. At this point, my boyfriend and I began to hustle our way back out of there. If there was someone living down there, they were likely an unsavory sort. We did not want to find out how comfortable those closet shelves were. We hightailed it out of there with a swiftness and never again went back down into the bar's basement."
0: Meanwhile, the rent down there is still $3,000. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Zing, zing, zing. Zing, zing, zing. Oh, you zing. want, you want
1: a, not a red light? Well, yeah. that's, that's $6,000. Well, a lot of
0: people like I mean, it's got closets, you know? Yeah. And you can print. The bathroom is everywhere.
1: You can just go hooker wherever Wherever It's all cement.
0: I, mean, I was confused, too, when she said hooker clothes. I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, oh, <laughs> you know, like platform. Uh, you shoot. know, I'm like, oh, oh, Forever
1: 21 oh, stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, like things like you wear, you know, like hooker <laughs> clothes for hookers, for uh, women who are gross like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well. I had no idea there were all those tunnels in San Francisco. That's why I included It's this. really creepy to think about, like, you're just visiting somewhere or you're on vacation in San Francisco and not knowing the things that are below you. It's almost like being in the ocean and not knowing what's swimming below you, yeah. deep underwater. It's kind of like that. You're just up on the surface, like, having a fun vacation, eating, you know, new food, and then below you is these this network of tunnels yeah. that nobody knows about or not very many people know about. Or they're and that just forgotten. Going on underneath you like somebody could be getting eaten alive or something. Yeah. It's just, um, It just reminds me of swimming in the deep ocean and not knowing what's down there. It's very eerie. And apparently there's a lot of tunnel systems all throughout um, the whole United States. Yeah. Uh, so whatever that means, I don't know who's living down there. Have uh, you have seen the movie The Descent? I assume that uh, (laughs) is (laughs) what's down there. Obviously, some homeless people probably got down there and are living down there basically just equally as scary because you don't know who or what is living down there. But they definitely are not um, going to work and acting normally. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: You want an an added level of fear to this? Sure. So, of course, there's plenty of hostels. In San Francisco, oh, lots of missing. Yeah, lots of visiting people from other countries that.
0: I wonder if they ever come to the surface, or if they just grab somebody and bring them into the tunnel. Imagine just like coming home, walking home from work, and someone grabbing you and pulling you into a tunnel in the city of San Francisco you didn't even know was there.
1: Yeah, that'd be wild. I
0: I walk the street every day. I had no idea there was this tunnel right here. I mean, that's something from Batman. No, something yeah. like the penguin went to. It was
1: Bane. Bane had a Uh-oh. whole yeah, I thought the was, and the penguin.
0: And the penguin, right? Yeah. None of the t- tunnel dwellers are ever nice guys. Uh, even though Batman did have a back cave, but I don't know if that was under. Well,
1: it was under his house.
0: Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. This is under a lot of people's house. Uh, this is
1: under the entire. Yeah, world.
0: I wonder what why it was there. I guess to hide from the government. Um, these people wanted to hide from the government a long time ago and then. These other people found it.
1: Well, you forget about that time of history, too. Where, when you, know, you could like, just oh, do whatever
0: right. you wanted. Well, <laughs> you not, could just, like, claim land, like, hey, we're underground well, people. Too.
1: But not so much that, but the whole that there was a moment in, in U.S. history where we locked up, well, at least the government locked up Japanese people yeah, just or because. anybody of Asian descent. Yeah, just well, because. Cause of of World War, because of Pearl Harbor. right. They
0: were are like, no, I'm Mexican. I just have these kind of eyes. Nah, get in there. like, no, you got to get in there. No, please. Right. And so much of, that stuff of our history, we don't know. Like this stuff in San Francisco. These people, though, who are living under the ground are like right before they moved to Sacramento.
1: <laughs> 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 they're, like, and cool. they're like, ooh, I'm tired. I want to see Sunday. you're
0: like, eh. I mean, it's nice to be in the city, but <laughs> I guess we might as well just move to Sacramento. Our red light is out.
1: That's funny. What? Oh, sorry. Go I- ahead. I was going to say, well, you know what? Because they said there was jail cells. And since there was a town under here before people that were hiding, mostly people that do hide do enact their own prisons. <laughs> oh, That's okay.
0: It. Well, they got, yeah, like Disneyland or any place yeah. that has its, they has got to govern itself. Mm-hmm. All right, very creepy. Let's keep going. House with a History, written by Puppet Show Justice.
1: When I was 15, my family bought a 200-year-old house in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. The house was so old, it actually had a slave quarters in the backyard. We kept the lawnmower, weed eater, and all our yard care stuff there. The first night in the house, we came downstairs to find our front door wide open. My mother immediately claims the house is haunted and we're being told to leave. I rolled my eyes and go back to my room. Then, weird stuff starts happening throughout the house. Things end up opened and closed at random for seemingly no reason. About once a week, one of my electronic devices in my room would go nuts for no reason. One night it was my computer, one night it was my radio. It was legit unnerving. At first, I suspected my little sister was playing some sort of joke. But some of the windows and stuff being moved are beyond her reach. And that doesn't explain the electronics going haywire. The worst scare I ever got was our TV cut on at 3 a.m. one night. I happened to be watching MTV2 earlier in the day and of course, the volume is up loud. The music video playing was a Slipknot song, very loud and screaming. I wake up thrashing, trying to get out of bed. My whole family comes upstairs because it disturbed them too. My mother decides we need to research the house. Turns out, our home is listed as a historic building. As such, it has a ton of easily accessible history for it at the local library. Part of that history involves a priest who, for some unknown reason, hung himself in the room that ended up being my younger sister's bedroom. We never told her. One day I'm getting my hair cut. I would go to this Vietnamese lady and she randomly told me that she believes in supernatural stuff. In an effort to entertain her, I started telling her about the weird things going on in my house. She gives me a tiny statue of a man and tells me to put it somewhere high up in my home. I put the statue way up on my tallest dresser, which is the highest elevated point inside the house that isn't the attic. All unexplained stuff in my room and downstairs stops immediately. There are only occasional strange noises coming from the attic. We never go in the attic. When I turned 18, I moved out. Just part of growing up, really. Eventually, my family moves out of the house also. When the time comes to move everything out, our little statue guy is nowhere to be found. It probably got lost in the move, but I remember thinking, I hope the next family that lives there finds him.
0: Yeah, you should definitely leave a note for the next family <laughs> who lives there. This is a historical
1: building. What you
0: want to do is you want to go to the little Asian place, get your hair cut. There's a lady there named Martha, really nice. Uh, make sure that you bring a picture of what you want uh, because she has a really bad memory but uh, after that ask her for the little guy Damn. she'll know what you're talking about <laughs> tell, her, tell her you live in this house and
1: she's like I only have so many statues
0: right this lady's just running the little guy business now <laughs> and he's like oh you want a haircut no I'm here for the little guy oh the little oh, guy man, Little guy. they're always here for the little guy here twelve ninety nine. you want a haircut with it <laughs> Um so yeah this is obviously dumb on the parents part I could have told told you at the beginning of the story this house was going to be haunted I think it was common sense this house is going to be haunted 200 years old there were slaves there that means there were people there who were very sad people who were being very mistreated um and who have a lot of negative feelings also the people who own the house were obviously evil cuz they had slaves so they are evil. They have this stake in the house, like, hey, this is our house. Uh, we built it or whatever. And they're evil people and they're bad people. Of course, they're not just going to pass on to heaven nicely. You know, and, like, obviously, this place is going to be haunted. So I think that was dumb on the parents' part to not expect this to happen. Um, lastly, I'd love to think about all the evil ghosts in the house when He brought the little guy home. he be like, Oh no, a little guy! <laughs> yeah, don't put it up high! No, just don't put it up high! No, oh no, the highest place! A little guy on the dresser! Oh man,
1: <laughs> this is like the elf on the show. Yeah,
0: let's leave. <laughs> Not a little guy. And then when they left, he was like, Take the little guy, take, take it, him, leave. And then they, they took the little guy, and then the mom probably just packed it. In a suitcase, oh, the little guy. So she
1: kept it and told no one, no, hey, right. this is my Well, well guy. yeah, if
0: it saved me from a bunch of ghosts, I honestly would keep it myself as well. I wouldn't yeah. just leave it there because I'd be like, well, I'm not going to leave my little guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's my little guy. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I'd like to think about all the ghosts. Like, oh,
1: she put up a little guy. <laughs> yeah, a Little little
0: man figure.
1: You know, the Vietnamese little guy. Yeah,
0: he's, so now we can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love thinking about that. Anything else?
1: Uh, I don't know why they didn't read the historic placard outside of their house since they are a historic building that said the murder house of Virginia.
0: Yeah, and especially since when you signed the lease, you probably had to agree not to change things, knock it down, whatever. Because it's it's historic. Right. It sounds like these parents were just rich and, let's buy a house or whatever. We'll only live here for 10 years. Well, who cares? cares? This guy just turns 18. He's like, I'm going to move out and then explains to us that that's okay because he's 18. Like, I wasn't scared. (laughs) I wasn't scared of the howls, I was just 18. I had a little guy, so I was perfectly fine. But anyways, we all need a little guy. That's why I have Nick.
1: Yes, and I fit on top of
0: shelves. (laughs) All right, let's keep going. I just remembered something on the on the little guy thing again. By the way, we're selling little guys. They're on the Facebook group for 12.99. Get your own little guy. <laughs> we're making them now. We're selling them. It reminded me of the little guys and, and haircuts reminded me of where I got my insurance. Hector's Insurance and haircuts. Oh. oh, no, no. It was Manolo's, Hector's... <laughs> Manolo's, insurance, and haircuts. Oh, okay. And you could get your insurance and your haircut and by the same guy. That guy's
1: good.
0: Yeah, you gave you your insurance and he'd be like, okay, well, now do you want to come over to the haircut spot? Yeah. You can't... He cut your rate, and he cut your split yeah, ends. Said,
1: I'm going to fade your interest rate down.
0: So you think, you see, you were thinking of your thing so much that you stepped online. Oh, see you what want, you did I there? know you wanted me see to laugh. See what you did <laughs> there? No, I just wanted you to hear the joke. It was before good. You, I cut before your before rate, you made, and then I cut before your Before you made down. your own? Okay. Yeah. The new hairdo. Oh, interesting. This story is called The New Hairdo, and it comes to us from Raider02.
1: My mom is an extremely rational person. But there was one moment in her life that caused her to have such severe panic attacks that she had to return and live with her parents for six months. All of this happened a few years before I was born. My mom's first husband was a Navy pilot during the Gulf War. The carrier was about 10 days into its cruise and operating with complete radio silence. She hadn't heard anything from the ship since it left, but that was to be expected. This was a war. About 10 days into the cruise, my mom woke up suddenly in the middle of the night. She saw her husband standing in the room. It wasn't in a spiritual form either. He appeared solid and utterly the same. The only thing different about him was that his head was shaved. He had only one thing to say. Goodbye. This whole experience startled my mom and she couldn't get back to sleep. She went to the kitchen to get some water. Then the doorbell rang. All military wives know what the late night doorbell means. Her husband had suffered a massive heart attack and died aboard the carrier. She was grief-ridden, but reasoned that the apparition had been a hallucination born of the stress of having a spouse deployed. Besides, with his head shaved, he didn't even look that familiar. Her mother and mother-in-law flew out immediately to plan for the funeral and receive the body. She stayed strong until the first viewing of the body. Her lifeless husband was bald. In a letter from his NFO, the shaved head was explained as a result of a lost bet. There had been no way of knowing that his head had been shaved. My mom suffered a minor mental break.
0: All right, Nick, I'll let you go first on this one since I talked so much.
1: (laughs) Well, I like your little guy stuff.
0: Um, (laughs) That was
1: just sad. I I mean, at least he came and said goodbye, and it's sad that she was really mentally broken by this. Especially since he did say goodbye. Uh, I don't know. I I would not. I don't want to be in this situation in any way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, same here. Just sad situation. What a downer. Uh, Let's get to the the next story before anyone realizes how sad they're
1: on a walk. I grew up in a nice neighborhood. I was six and my father and brother walked down the street and made a left down an unpaved street to the reservoir to fish. I had stayed behind. My neighborhood was very safe back then. So my mother had no qualms when I changed my mind and decided to catch up to them I frequently explored the woods on my own and with my friends. As I'm making my way down the unpaved street towards the little entrance to the trail, I see an old woman walking towards me from the end of the little road where a small shack of a house stood. Being the friendly kid I was, I said hello, but didn't try to stop. She made eye contact with me and I stopped moving. I couldn't explain why. She approached me and bent down to my level until her face was inches from mine. She was silent for what seemed like an eternity before she finally spoke. Little boys shouldn't be out here by themselves, she said, and stood back up. I told her I was catching up to my father and brother who had just walked through here recently. She nodded, smiled, and without another word, continued walking up the road from where I came. For some reason, I just stood there watching her walk until I heard a tree branch snap nearby. My head turned in the direction of the noise, and I saw nothing. When my head turned back to her, she was gone. I remember feeling so cold on that summer day. I didn't want to go home by walking the same way as the woman, and I didn't want to head deeper into the wooded area. So I ran off the road and threw a small patch of woods behind my neighbors until I was home. I told my mom everything, and she told me it was just the woman from the house at the end of the road. I was still a little weirded out, and I didn't understand why because of my age. My father and brother came home a few hours later, and over dinner, my mother explained what happened to my dad. His immediate response... That can't be true. That woman died last year, and they just condemned her old little house. For the next twenty years, I would get chills turning onto my street as the unpaved path was right on the corner, and I had to pass it every time to get to my house. Still scares me to this day when I think about it.
0: Yeah, I grew up in a haunted house, and every time I visit it, I still it still scares me. <laughs> yeah, because uh, my parents uh, they still own it, so every time I go there, it just still scares me. You never forget. Though that feeling that you had, what's weird is this this kid didn't get that feeling before when he called out to her, you yeah. know, like, "Hey, something's wrong." And then, which what, what she did was it really wasn't that spooky. I no. was like, "Hey, you shouldn't be out here." It's not like she, you know, tried to take his voice or something like Ursula. <laughs> she just—I don't know why. Every time I got to mention Ursula, I know every time That's I the, mention that Ursula the one
1: that scares you the most. I
0: guess so. Um, She's my favorite, I think. Yeah, or Scar. Anyway, but it, it wasn't even that scary of an interaction. Um, obviously, yeah, it was her ghost obvi- still moving around the forest that she lived at. That's not that uh, uncommon. And the interaction wasn't that weird. It's not like something you should be really, really spooked out about. Uh, obviously, if she wanted you, she would have had you. That's what I always think about any kind of monsters and things like that. I just say that to myself in a weird way to comfort. I'll be like, well, if they're going to kill me, There's nothing really I can do about it. I'm not uh, very strong. So, obviously, there was no danger because she didn't want to do anything to you. What do you think?
1: Uh, She may have saved him from something because there was a snapping of a branch Mm. somewhere in the woods. and You know how woods are weird. But woods are... been a little warning
0: or maybe she didn't know how to disappear yet like she's newly dead so she was like through a rock or something over there so it snapped and he looked and he's like run away okay good (laughs) (laughs) Ah, scary yeah exactly i don't don't really know how to do it yet (laughs) i think my death right you're right she's like i don't know how batman does it (laughs) just disappear but yeah i sounds like she wasn't ready to move on yet yeah but she didn't want you so quit thinking you're all that
1: yeah sucker.
0: His Friend's Plant written by Pickles Taste Good
1: My family tree is Muslim one of our beliefs there are spirits called jinn. they don't inhabit the living world but they visit they're unseen spirits sometimes kids can speak see them this happened to me a few years ago i was visiting my aunt and uncle i have two they have two 18 year old boys and a 7 year old boy we had just come back to their house from dinner When the youngest boy walked in, he turned and waved at a plant in a dark sitting room. No one remarked on it or acted like this was strange, so it was mostly unnoticed. Later on, the older cousins and I went into the living room to watch TV while he stayed in the sitting room. I left but watched him from behind a door. He turns and starts talking to the plant. It's a full convo with replies and body language. Getting creeped out, I tell one of his older brothers, and he tells me, yeah, he does that sometimes. I've woken up late at night to use a bathroom and I've seen him talking to the plant. Once I asked him and who he's talking to, he said, a friend. When I told him to go to sleep, he turned to the plant and said, bye, I'll see you tomorrow. His brother admitted to also being creeped out. Then a thought arose. I said, what if he was talking to the plant to help it grow? His brother replied, once he brought some candy and put it on the couch near the plant. He told me it was for his friend who sits by the plant. We decided to try a little experiment to see what may be happening. One night during the visit, while the youngest and my aunt were out of the house, his brother and I decided to move the plant for one night. We didn't tell him. Later that night, we find him by the couch. We put down a recorder to see what he said to his friend. Here's what was recorded. Hello? I'm good, you? Why? Who moved it? But why would they? I'm sorry, I'll I'll try to get it back for you. Do you like the candy? Sorry, I didn't know. I'll go ask them for the plant. He comes up to us in the other room and asks why we moved the plant. We didn't tell him we moved the plant. No one else was around to tell him. How did he figure out we did it? It's just strange. We moved it back immediately because if there's one thing about gins, if you upset them, they never forgive you for it and will terrorize you in retaliation.
0: I think this guy has gins mixed up with... Gemini's. Oh, man. And zing, 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 zing. zing, 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 zing. zing. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this is a djinn. Let me try to get the definition of a djinn, and why don't you uh, talk about what you think.
1: Uh, well, I mean, from what I've read about djinns, it might be. You know, obviously, you know, these spirits are different levels of threatening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we even saw that that movie where it was based on a djinn, or, you know, like the, the scary thing was the djinn. Um, and reading the comments because there was some that were added to this that people were saying like yeah you know you can upset them they're very demanding you know uh, the whole thing about the kid it, it it appears to kids I just you know it's it if it's their version of a of a demon like we have the evil spirits out here. You know, kids see them. Kids.
0: Should... Oh, okay. I okay. I got it. Okay. So okay. she did say she was Muslim. Yeah. And we've done stories. We have done whole episodes on the Gen. But I did need. I needed to update. Uh, my mind I remember what it was about. Yeah. It says it's an Islamic context. The term jinn is used for both a collective designated for any supernatural creature, and also to refer to a specific type of supernatural creature. Therefore, jinn are often mentioned together with devils, demons, and whatever. So I think when we did the jinn episode, like it says, um, they're often men- mentioned as a specific creature, but then they are often mentioned as. Basically a blanket of all spiritual creatures. Yeah. So I think I was thinking, hey, this is a specific
1: part. You well, know, it's like a poltergeist. Some of them aren't so vicious. Some of them are, you know. So
0: essentially it's like the devil, demons, uh, that kind of thing. Like Lolorona is a djinn, <laughs> I guess, you know. That's just... <laughs>
1: Lolorona. That's
0: the thing, right? Man. So yeah, the, we could call this uh, podcast oh. Scary Gin Stories because they're all... Gen-esque.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think La Llorona is a djinn. It's She's more a, it's natural, a fable.
0: She's supernatural spirit, djinn. That's what okay, this says. All right, okay. But it does say it does refer to some specific spirits. Yes. Um, so, okay, so this is just a spirit that is contacting the, uh, the boy. It has mm-hmm. some kind of relationship with his plant that so his it planet? loves. That's his plant. Uh, what you guys need is a little guy. And I'll tell you where to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can buy them on our website for twelve ninety nine. Put this little guy in your house. Uh, and wait, there's more. The little guy comes with a little suitcase.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And what's in the little suitcase? <laughs> All you have
0: to do is make three easy payments of three ninety nine to okay. receive your own little guy compact with suitcase and hat.
1: Yeah, because when you move out, he'll move out too. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> Sunglasses sold really. um so yeah it just sounds like he we all know that children have a higher ability to reach spirits uh they communicate with them easier when their kids are very young so it's not surprising that he was so young and the other ones were older and kind of not seeing it because it does seem like you kind of lose some people lose most people lose a lot of that ability as they grow older so yes he's the youngest so that being that young he probably has the most ability to see this thing it doesn't sound like it was really a it, maybe it was a fellow child because it's it's behavior um being you know uh unless it's a dog it was very uh it was very uh, intent on this plant you know that's my plant uh, I think- and that seems like a very childish thing unless it's a dog ghost and it's like hey this is my plant and i pee on this plant this is my plant <laughs> You know
1: Well, that's how spirits are, and I think he, I mean, I, honestly, I think whatever this, whoever this may have been, they need to find some help because he's made a deal with his gin because right, he's giving it candy, candy, he's bringing he, it gifts. He's
0: honor, he's not only acknowledging its existence, which lets him be, lets the gin attach to him, but he's also bringing it gifts and doing its bidding, which is just asking for uh, a, a possession, because you're basically making a deal with this thing
1: robert the doll would be a jinn
0: right so yeah um i'm thinking that this is a spirit of a person who was once alive not a demon not a uh not an evil you know the devil or anything like that it sounds to me like this is a person who was alive just the affinity, like this is my plan, you know. Like that's not a very demony, like that's kind of a lame demon thing. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna possess you, but you just keep everyone away from my plant, okay? And don't bring any <laughs> little guys in here.
1: Yeah, it's you, I but know they're then, here. This is
0: just my plant. And bring me some candy, you know? That just seems like a very kid, or maybe the ki- since the ki- that the kid was so young, the one who was seeing the gin, maybe he just thought, hey, I'm gonna bring it candy because that's really valuable to me. Yeah. Not that the gin requested the candy, but just requested something.
1: Well, it's like cats bringing you a mouse.
0: Right. This is very value to me, valuable to me. Yeah. So either it's that or it is the spirit of a of a child.
1: <laughs> well, let's hope they're fine.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll hope that they're fine. Anything else about this?
1: No, I just like that uh, to add it.
0: Yeah. I hope that he got his plant back. I hope that kid's doing oh, he better. he got his plant back. Yeah. And, uh... Makes sense. You know, even with the coins and everything, a lot of times spirits ask for offerings. That's why you always see people, like, making altars to things. Even, like, saints and things like that. Like, people make altars to them to give them gifts, to win favor with them. So who knows if the spirit asked for this or if the boy just thought of it on his own. Or maybe this whole thing was to freak his older brothers and sisters out. Who knows?
1: Oh, man. What kid is that inventive and malicious?
0: Me. I would do something like that. I used to tell my brother that we had a sister who died. And her, oh, her ghost, was, her ghost was following us, and I would get my other siblings to go in on it. Of course, of course. But it, it goes along with got, you know, got your nose, got your nose,
1: Ex- got, got your nose. got all your
0: notes. Got your nose, and it's like, oh yeah. By the way, there's also a demon that's following us around. All right, guys, we are already on the last story. And with that, we have some really exciting announcements.
1: You guys asked for it, and we did it again. We have our new True Scary Stories with ED t-shirts coming out this month. Limited time. One shirt will be $22. But if you order two, we're going to discount that to 40 Shipping included with extras inside. Two places that you can order this shirt. You can Venmo ED at adrenabliss.com either the $22 or the $40, or you can go to my website, which we will be including in the bio and on the Facebook group, and order through PayPal. It's going to be a great shirt. You'll see the cover. It's the logo. And uh, get ready for all that fun.
0: Okay. And don't forget to include what size you want in the Venmo or on Nick's website. Yes. All right. This last story is called Lauren and the Goatman, and it comes to us from Lost Girls Seventeen.
1: One Saturday night, my roommate Lauren, her boyfriend Max, and I were eating takeout and watching random YouTube videos. Aliens, conspiracy theories, you know the drill. Max put on Jeff the Killer video. This kick-started us watching a bunch of creepypastas. Eventually, we began to watch Anasi's Goatman. I was on the edge of my seat, engrossed in the best creepypasta I had heard since the Slenderman. However, halfway through the video, my friend Lauren said in a terrified whisper, Please turn that off. I closed the video. It wasn't unusual for Lauren to get a little freaked out. However, when I looked at her, tears were streaking down her face and every inch of her body was vibrating with tension. Her fingernails dug so hard into her hands she drew blood. It took half an hour to bring her out of this petrified state. When she was reasonably calmer in her bed, cocooned in the safety of blankets, I asked her what was wrong. What follows is an accurate account of what Lauren told me on Saturday night. When I was 15, my parents decided to get divorced. In all honesty, I was relieved after living for months in an unhappy home. Mom and I were going to keep the house and Dad was going to find somewhere new. In order to give him time to find a new place, my mom decided to fly out to her hometown in Texas and stay with her sister for a month. I was given the option of going with Mom or staying at home in London with Dad. I decided to go to Texas with Mom as I'd never visited the USA before. My aunt had twins a year younger than I and lived in a farmhouse with many acres of land. I figured I'd have an amazing summer with my cousins, exploring and adventuring. We arrived, and my Aunt Jess was lovely. She had the same blonde hair and voluminous figure as my mom. My cousins Hank and Courtney were lanky, blonde bundles of energy. The three of us got along like a house on fire, in the beginning anyway. The first few days were we spent swimming in the lake on their land, eating a picnic of tuna sandwiches and Reese's Pieces for lunch. We were exploring the attic one afternoon when we came across a tent. I immediately suggested we should have a campout. This thrilled the twins who suggested we camp by the lake. I disagreed. We always play at the lake. There's massive woodland less than ten minutes from the house. Why don't we camp in the woods? Hank and Courtney looked at each other and burst into hysterical laughter. Then they turned their freckled faces towards me, looking grave. Courtney stated, Those woods are haunted. Hank agreed. Yeah, everyone knows that. So only made me want to camp in the haunted woodland more, but Hank and Courtney refused. After days of pestering, they agreed to explore the woods during daylight, so one day, following lunch, we headed to the woods. It was cool in the wood. The trees offered excellent protection from the hot Texas sun. A narrow dirt path snaked through the trees, so for a while we were stuck to the path venturing further into the woods. But let's not go too far in, Courtney kept repeating. At some point, Hank, seen a tree swing, just slightly off the path and sprinted towards it. I sprinted after him, and reluctantly, Courtney did too. Climb on, Hank gestured towards the swing, and I clambered on a board. He began to push me, so, so high. I was laughing hysterically, feeling free as a bird. Hank and Courtney laughed too, and soon all of Courtney's fears was thrown out the window. She was giggling, my turn next, my turn next. Then, we heard a rustling in the bushes. Heart racing, I dismounted the swing. Courtney asked, what was that noise? Fear creeping back into her voice. Just an animal, Hank said. He didn't sound sure. The air was filled with a horrible smell, kind of like sour milk. We all covered our mouths and noses with our hands. Courtney gagged a little. I said, let's get out of here. A sickening feeling in the pit of my stomach. The smell followed us along the path, and every once in a while we'd hear a rustle or the snap of a branch from the depths of the forest. Hank kept muttering, just an animal, just an animal. I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. So towards the end of the path, I grabbed Hank and Courtney's hand and together we sprinted home. We all agreed we would never go back to the woods again. Two nights later, I was in bed drifting off to sleep on the sofa bed in the basement, which long ago had been converted into an awesome game room with a pool table, TV, sound system. The basement stairs were really creaky and I heard footsteps coming down the stairs. I sat up and there was Courtney at the foot of the stairs. This wasn't unusual as many nights when Courtney couldn't sleep. She'd wander down to the basement and we'd cozy up in the sofa bed together and watch movies until we drifted. Not tonight, Courtney, I told her. I'm dead beat. She repeated, dead beat. There's that smell again, like sour milk. Yeah, you know, tired. She said, my turn next. And I noticed there was something weird about her voice. Each word was drawn out like she was just learning to speak. Her pitch was off too, way too shrill. I flipped on the lamp next to my mattress to get a better look at her and her eyes were blank and emotionless, just staring right through me. A chill crept over me as she staggered like a baby learning to walk over to the sofa and sat herself down on it. I asked her, are you okay? Okay, she repeated in that same off-canter voice. Then her whole body started to shake and convulse. I sprinted out of the basement to my aunt's room and started to batter on her bedroom door. She appeared moments later, eyes full of sleep, dressed in a pink robe. Lauren, she sounded annoyed, but then must have seen the terror in my face. Her tone now alarmed. Lauren, is everything okay? Courtney's in the basement. I I think she's having a seizure. The commotion had risen Hank from his bed, and the three of us ran down to the basement. Only when we got to the basement, Courtney was gone. The sour smell still lingered in the air. Went back upstairs, calling out Courtney's name. She appeared moments later, dressed in pajamas, not the shorts and tee I had seen her wear moments before. What the hell is going on? Courtney asked, both confusion and annoyance in her voice. My aunt explained to her what I had told her. Courtney turned on me. This is a joke, Lauren. It's not funny. Waking me from bed at 2 a.m. is one thing? How dare you wake my mom? But, but, my aunt interjected. Courtney, your cousin is going through a difficult period right now. Divorce isn't easy. Go easy on her. I tried to defend what I saw, but it was no use. They all looked at me like I was a raving lunatic. I returned to the basement and sat awake all night with the light on. The next day, my cousins were super frosty with me and my mom gave me a lecture about playing pranks on the family. I was so confused. Were the twins pranking me? If so, it was a super cruel joke. I didn't. It didn't seem like their style. Maybe I had dreamed the whole incident. A few nights later, I was in bed asleep when I was awakened by a piercing scream, Courtney's scream. I sprinted from the basement to where my mom, aunt, Hank, and Courtney were all gathered up on the upstairs landing. You, Courtney thrust her finger at me, shaking like a leaf. I said dumbly, "Me." I woke up and she was standing over my bed, staring at me. It was really creepy. She just kept repeating "Courtney, Courtney, Courtney" in a scary voice. When I screamed, she ran away. Now I was sure Courtney was the one playing pranks, and I wasn't going to let her get me in trouble anymore. But yes, it slipped out. My mom gave me a sharp slap for my tongue. My aunt Jess rounded on me. "Oh really? I seen you sprinting down the stairs wearing the very same nightshirt you're wearing now. That's impossible." My mom demanded, are you calling your aunt a liar? No, but I trailed off while my family all glared at me. My mom apologized on my behalf. I'm so sorry, Jessica. Aunt Jess replied, hands on her hips. I won't have your daughter terrorize my kids. We left Texas and flew back to England the following day, two weeks early. My mom keeps in touch with Jess. I tried emailing Hank and Courtney, but they never respond. That bridge is forever burned.
0: Okay, that was weird. <laughs> Why, like, you guys are family? You go home two weeks early because a kid? Is, you think a kid is acting out? That's not a good reason. I uh, guess. I mean, obviously, that's not what happened here, but that's what kids do. Uh, so that's no reason to send them home. But this wasn't that. She she obviously saw something. There was something there mimicking them. I'm saying this is a definitely a demonic thing. That's either like. Sh- like, the title suggests a goat man or some kind of evil spirit because of the smell. Usually, like ghosts don't have, like, a smell. You know, that's, like, more of a demon-y thing. Um, it sounds like when they were out there, they s- saw goat man. It picked up on them, t- followed them back. That's why they smelled the smell when they got back. And it started copying them. And then they all turned on each other, which it, I don't know if that's what the goat man wants. I don't know why the goat man comes and messes with people, copies them, pranks them. It's Got to be just for the chaos. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, you know, we've talked about the goat man before. I don't think the chaos is a concern to him. He just wants to be involved in a group. Or right. Nearby. Oh, yeah. He's
0: like the he's like the loner of all of the evil entities. Of all the cryptids. Right. And he's like, Ooh. that's why he was. Ha- that's why her cousin was having trouble speaking, walking, things like that. She wasn't having a seizure. She This was the first time she'd ever walked without her hooves. Uh, (laughs) this is the first time she'd ever had feet, you know, so. Well,
1: they said they convulse and they do kind of like shake a little, uh, like animals, you know, just shaking out a little bit. So
0: he was copying her, uh, cousin to her and then her to her cousin and to the mom. Um, I don't know, it seems like a a silly reason to send your sister home early with her kid. um yes, it does yeah, uh, that part kind of throws me off, but it means
1: there's something the older sister, the Texas sister, has some problem right. with the mom
0: right <laughs> yeah, and i I've actually heard what happens next in the story, and it's um Hank grows up to sell propane and propane uh-huh. accessories in Texas still, just in a yes. different town, Arlet. Yeah, in a different part of Texas. Um, but yeah, that seems kind of weird to me. seems like maybe that she kind of wanted her to leave, leave in the first yeah. place. But if this had to happen to me, i had been like, oh, that's scary. Let's leave. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's all leave. Uh, I totally believe you. And let's all get out of here immediately. I mean, especially to your cousins, it's like, hey, you told me it was haunted. Yeah. And I'm telling you, that's what's going on. I mean, like when you're grown up now and you send them an email, like you have to be able to write, you know? Yeah. And it's like, hey, do you guys uh, remember that thing that happened? You know, I'm not lying about it. And then Hank and the and the other girl are like, Oh, she's such a liar. It's like, Well why would I still be lying about that? <laughs> like <laughs> uh, I we had to go home. Like I I'm telling you, I still believe it.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I mean, of course the end sentence is very dramatic. I think the whole ending is very dramatic You're in right. the sense of like that bridge is forever burned. Oh, right. okay, all and right.
0: I, yeah, I, my my sister's kids have done a lot of bad stuff to me. One of my sister's uh, kids kicked Nick in the wiener and we didn't leave. All kids do
1: that, though, yeah, an accident. <laughs>
0: we didn't leave, so, I mean, uh, yeah, that part seems very strange to me, but it does sound like definitely Goatman.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, how easy is it to keep flying from London to Texas so if she's like, that bridge is forever burned, it's yeah. expensive, what are you yeah. Do?
0: yeah, yeah, or you could have just... Uh, been busy the other two times in life i would have been able to fly back here yeah um yeah that's definitely a goat man though
1: definitely goat man who is trying to keep the british away from american soil
0: right i wonder if um he's still just hanging around that house like oh i'm so so bad and <laughs> <laughs> he all of us to be friends yeah exactly um, okay, guys, that does it for this episode of True Scary Stories with EDA. I really love this episode. Some really freaky ones.
1: Strange and unexplained. Right.
0: Don't forget to join the Facebook group and check out our brand new shirts. And also join the Instagram, which you can also check out our brand new shirts on there. Yeah. Um, don't forget to buy a shirt, two for 40 or one for 22 Twenty-two
1: Shipping included.
0: Right. It's a really cool design. Uh, besides that, any other announcements?
1: uh i think that is all give us five stars oh the
0: five stars how could i forget i give us five stars that's my big one yeah give us five stars right after this and then go check out the shirt yeah all right bye uglies we love you stay safe wash your hands